And we are live once again, coming to you from the city of brotherly love, none other than Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, broadcasting from and hanging out in the WWDB 860 AM studios. You've tuned yourself in to another episode of the Health Coach Of Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. What that means is we are bringing you the best ideas for what actually works for managing health issues, not just what has the most money behind it. By the way, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. You can reach out anytime or check out my work at evantransu.com. Well, I'm glad to be back with you. The last couple of weeks have proven to be not so fun, apparently, when you speak for a living. Getting a wisdom tooth removed in an emergency is not a good thing. So Fallon has been helping me out through that. My girlfriend, if you guys haven't heard her before, we're back in the studio. She's here with us today. Fal, are you excited to be back? I am very excited. Thanks again for having me. All right. Definitely excited myself. And we have a special guest today, Mr. Oliver Phelant. And he is someone that I've known for several years now. Um, and I was really glad that he could do this because we didn't even know if we were going to do this show today. But I was feeling good enough to get it pulled off. Um, and Oliver's someone... For those that have listened to the show before, sometimes we get really technical with biochemical stuff, and that has relevance to the show. It's important to me. It's something I like studying in my life. But remember, what we're talking about on this show are things that actually work for managing health issues and not just what has the most money behind it. And you're not going to get better just by focusing on biochemistry typically. I think that's a huge aspect, but mindset's also important too. I talk about it in my book. The first thing I say before getting into anything about overcoming mental health challenges is how do you get your mindset right? Um, and Oliver brings a really unique perspective to that. He's someone who's definitely studied that probably more than myself, to be honest. Um, and I think he's way better at talking about it. And you'll hear with his story how he was able to take some really serious situations that have happened in his life and turn that around completely to becoming one of the most positive guys I know now. So a little bit about him. He is a certified personal trainer and transformation specialist with the ISSA and runs his own personal development company called Become Your Elite. His vision for the company is to build a deeper connection within ourselves to elevate the collective consciousness of the world. Oliver believes in a holistic approach when it comes to our health and healing, one that encompasses our mind, body, and spirit as a whole. His focus is an inside-out approach. He dedicates most of his days to coaching his wonderful clients, helping them to improve their quality of life through actionable steps and one-on-one -on -one support so they can live life with more confidence, happiness, and peace of mind. When he's not coaching, you can find him in the gym, working out, reading a book, meditating, or in the kitchen cooking up something tasty. I can attest to all those things. Oliver and I actually lived together for a month in November in the beautiful state of Florida. Mr. Oliver, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Evan. I'm excited to be here. All right, man. So let's start off. We always start the show off in the same way. I like to get people's stories a little bit before we get into the more uh, nitty gritty and the details and the things that people can take away. So um, I know you got a heck of a story. Let's kind of go back to what Oliver was like as a kid, you know, because I know that you talked about at one point, you know, things were pretty good, a happy guy and overall life was doing well. So what did you like to do? Were you in sports? How'd you do in school? What was five to 10 year old Oliver like? Uh, five to ten year old Oliver was crazy. He was running around, huge imagination. I would play ninja all the time, just grabbing sticks, running around in nature, just pretending I'm fighting people off. Um, loved watching um, like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto. I, um, you know, back then, you know, diagnosed with like ADD or ADHD, right? So I was like super hyperactive as a kid. And so I just remember whether I'm like playing with Legos, playing with toys, or again, just 
being crazy and running around. So as a kid, I was always kind of that um, rambunctious person. Um, even to the point when I was little and I was taking like ADD medicine, they actually took me off of it because the teachers and my parents were like, something's wrong with Oliver. Like he's not being <laughs> his normal self. Um, so that's kind of who I was. I was always kind of that uh, kid who was just like, couldn't stop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not particularly surprised by that. I think you've managed that a little better. Yeah, but, yeah uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I don't look at that as a problem, man. I mean, if you're happy doing it, you know, those are some of the most creative and cool individuals, to be honest. You know, those that have been... We've had so many people on the show, even though it's statistically a minority, that have been labeled ADD or ADHD. Yeah, right. I feel like I definitely could have met that criteria, but thankfully I, I slipped under that one. So, you know, things are going well. <laughs> you have this maybe relatively minor thing going on in life um, and then I know some things happened in kind of the teenage years and young adult years uh, where things really started to change and maybe mental health started to become kind of a part of your story or on your radar so um, to the degree that you're comfortable and willing you know what kind of happened during those age ranges that maybe affected things for you yeah so one point when I was younger my parents did get divorced um, around the age I would say between like six and ten there was just like this whole mess and I was too young to really know what was happening um, and my also grandfather was passing away. So there was just issues happening inside my family that I think I was just too young to really understand. So I think one, that has an effect. But when I was 16, um, my dad passed away from a really rare heart disease called giant cell myocarditis, which is so rare that they don't even do that much research on it because mm -hmm. there's less than 100 cases, I think, total. Wow, okay. And it's usually something that... Uh, like young athletes get not like a 55 year old man right mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know at the age of 16 um i was already kind of dealing with some stuff myself was never really confident and i think i was dealing with a little bit of social anxiety at that time um so when my dad passed away it just kind of set this destiny of like oh okay i'm not supposed to have a father like once that happens, it's something so permanent that your mind can't even grasp it. Because now this person who you thought was going to be with, like, with you forever, right? He was going to be there when you get married. He was going to be there when you have kids. Um, he was going to get old. He was going to be a funny old grandpa because that's who he was. Um, and then that happens, and your mind can't really grasp this concept of forever, of just, oh, now he's gone. I can't have a conversation with him anymore. I can't make maybe like reconcile um, issues that we had during that time. And he's never going to see me grow. And at 16, having that happen kind of just led me into this very dark place. Because again, I wasn't already like confident um, I was kind of in a bad space. I was hanging around the wrong people, doing the wrong things. And just when that happened, it was like hit the nail on the head. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know how to deal with this. I had a very kind of dysfunctional home life. Mm -hmm. And so when that happened, it was just more dysfunctional. There was no pillar in my life. There was no um, real structure okay. besides you know, maybe my, maybe my grandmother. Um, but even that, it's like, what does a 16-year-old do when that happens and he has to go back to school, you know, when the semester starts and it's your junior semester and you got to get ready to, you know, think about SATs and applying to college. It's like, I couldn't think of any of that. Yeah. 
right? I was I just was completely lost at that point. So there was a lot of things that kind of I wish happened different, but at this point it, it's come to a lot of acceptance. So being 16, having that happen, and then having this continue to go through high school with that happening just felt a huge disconnect, right? It's hard to relate with people when you're like, ah, like you're getting a car for your 16th birthday. I don't have a dad. Right, right. Right. So that was definitely extremely difficult, but that happening has definitely led me up to this point now, which is um, I've kind of accepted that because that happened, I am the person I am today, and I'm going to continue to be the person I'm going to become because of that thing that happened. Awesome, man. And what's really interesting is I've, I've, I don't know that many people um, that have dealt with that, but I know enough. And it's weird how I've seen these huge extremes, especially when the person loses a father. And I'm not sure if that's just a male thing with the father. Maybe the same thing happens with a female and a mother type of thing. But it is like their life just takes a huge turn the wrong way. Or it ends up being this awesome, wonderful thing eventually uh, where they're super empowered and end up helping people. And I guess maybe it's a little bit of both because in the beginning, at least, you're talking about, yeah, there was dysfunction. And I know that, you know, probably started using, like, you, I, me and you have talked about marijuana, alcohol, and all these things to, to cope with this yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, so uh, just to touch a little bit on that, um, I was definitely um, went towards kind of using marijuana, using alcohol. Um, I mean, even before my dad passed away, I was already kind of in that realm. Um, and that basically just amplified after he passed away because my situation was kind of, again, it was my dad and it was my older brother, but my older brother has high functioning autism. So he was kind of like my younger brother. Um, so once my dad passed away, my mom kind of moved into the house to maybe provide some structure, but she had her own issues um, so even though my mom moved in and my brother was there, there was no, uh, there was no structure. It was complete chaos. So I kind of said to myself, oh, I can actually smoke more because my dad was the person that was like, don't smoke in the house. And my mom's kind of a pushover. So I was just like, oh, I can now smoke in the house and continue to do that. And just through, again, hanging around the wrong people, it wasn't like something like, oh, my dad passed away and I need to become that man of the house, I was like, oh, I can continue to just self-loathe and um, avoid this feeling, which then turned into just, again, more bad stuff. I mean, I got held at gunpoint twice. I lost thousands of dollars, and I was doing stuff that I probably shouldn't have been doing, and more stuff was happening to me. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like my dad passed away, and then it just didn't get better. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, oh, you know, God hates me. Yeah. And I was very spiteful of God and just in general, I was like, I'm not supposed to be happy. So my mindset during that time, because more bad stuff was happening, was I'm not supposed to be happy. Wow. I never knew about um the stuff like just having that uh I mean I can understand why things were negative at the time. I, I guess that was kind of obvious, but we have never talked about like that spite towards, you know, a higher being or something like that. I didn't know that there was so much of this going through your head where it's like God hates me. I just deserve to be unhappy type of stuff. I mean, that's terrible for anyone to be saying, let alone uh, a teenage 
person, right? I mean, that's it's yeah. hard to come out of stuff like that. So I know we're going to talk today a lot about the mindset stuff or whatever, um, and maybe we don't have enough time for the full answer right now before the break. But I'm curious, like, what is the thing eventually? Because you're dealing with this for a while, that kind of triggers you and makes you want to change the trajectory. Let's at least give the introduction to that before um, we take the break. Like, because how do you get out of something like that? Yeah. So kind of a little bit of a short answer is one of the main things that did help me get out was one, I did take um, antidepressants for, I would say a couple, like two months that did help. And then basically what happened was I got into a relationship with, I would say, quote unquote, like a high school sweetheart, which then actually, you know, I felt, you know, the feelings of falling in love, you feel good. And I was like, oh, wait, I don't need this medication anymore. This person makes me happy. So long story short, that relationship kind of saved me, except my mindset towards that person was a little off because I was putting her as my savior, right? God, my mindset then was, oh, God takes one thing, but then gives you something better. Right. So, you know, four years, four and a half years later, we broke up and I had to go through basically almost like a redeath of my father because then I was completely lost again. So it was at that point where I was like, okay, things need to change. Mm -hmm. Right. I made some changes while I was in that relationship, but the outcome of us breaking up was, um, again, was so bad for me that I realized I had so much more healing to do. So, that was kind of the trigger of like, okay, it's time to make this like real lasting shift. Okay. And we'll touch on that more when we get back. These are moments that I refer to, um, especially in presentations as kind of like aha moments. And what they are, are incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable um, and distressing moments. But, but what they do is they give us that aha, I get it now. And you start seeing things with a new level of self-awareness or perhaps of self-awareness you just never had in general. Maybe it's not a new level. It's just, it was non-existent before. And you know what? There's two ways to take that. It can be, again, really hurtful and we can go down a bad path or we can turn that around. Um, And it looks like that's what you were able to do. And I'm happy to talk about that right after these quick commercial breaks. Tired of talk radio shows that are nothing but Trump, Trump, and more Trump? Looking for something that actually has some relevance to your life? then tune into The Pennsylvania Project. Hi, I'm Ken Krawchuk, host of The Pennsylvania Project. Our mission is to showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania, and we're all about solutions. So tune in Mondays, 3 p.m. here on WWDB, 860 a.m. in Philadelphia. When the problem is same old, same old talk radio, the correct solution is The Pennsylvania Project. Hey, Val, how's it going? Not so great, health coach Ev. It's a holiday season. What? Shouldn't that mean you were merry and jolly? Well, I'd like to feel that way, but my family is coming to my house this year. That means I'll have to deal with my embarrassment of my dog, Skippy, jumping all over the house right as you walk in the door. Oh, that old Skippy. Hey, I have just the solution for you, though. Have you heard of Eric Katz with Cats, Dogs, Canine? Cats, Dogs, Canine? Yeah, Cats, Dogs, Canine. Eric Katz is a great friend of mine who has been in the dog business for years now. He offers doggy daycare, boarding, and training for Bucks and Montgomery County. The guy's got more five-star Facebook reviews than you can count, and he even won Best of Montgomery County for boarding and pet training. So you're telling me that Eric can get Skippy to finally stop jumping on people and embarrassing the heck out of me? You bet. I actually lived with Eric for a while, and I saw him fix issues like this in a matter of two to three weeks. The guy's a dog whisperer. 
Okay, okay, I'm in. Where can I find him? You can get in contact with Eric by heading over to catsdogscanine.com. Cats is spelled K-A-T-Z. That's catsdogs, the letter K, the number nine, dot com. When you give him a call, tell him you know Health Coach Ev. And we're back. Welcome to the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. I'm your host, as always. In the studio with us today is my girlfriend, Fallon Morningstar, and our guest, Oliver Phelant. He was just talking about his story. Um, pretty serious stuff. You know, losing a loved one. Um, not only just losing a loved one, but losing one to a disease, you know, that apparently, I mean, around 100 people ever, uh, on recorded history at least, have ever dealt with. Um, that's crazy stuff, you know, and that's just scary, too. And there's no research even about the thing, because... If we deal with, not that these things are fun, I've experienced them in my family, but autoimmunity or cancer, there, there's still this area of hope in your head, right? Like, oh, we can figure that out. Other people yeah, have yeah, done that. Yeah. When you get this rare thing, it's like, well, well what are we supposed to do? Um, okay, so you had these situations. Girlfriend comes in, and as so many of us have experienced with a girlfriend or boyfriend, it's like, they're the savior. All right, everything's good now. And then that relationship kind of ends, and you ex- uh, describe this as almost like a, a redeath of your dad, right? And all these feelings are coming back out. So tell us, let's go a little bit more in depth about that moment. And then you're realizing, wait a second, I need to go actually do something. And what does, what's those next steps? What does that lead to? Yes. So, um, to say one thing during that relationship, when I was in school, I want to, I want to emphasize this. I took actually a mindfulness class where one of the exercises was to, kind of establish your core beliefs. And that was actually a little bit of an aha moment because that core belief for me was everything happens for a reason. And for me, that meant so much because I was in a position where I needed to create a purpose of maybe why my dad passed away so that I could continue living um, a meaningful life because when it happened, it felt like, what was the purpose of this, right? Was it, it to me, it was for me to be unhappy. But in college, I established that core belief of everything happens for a reason. And now I say everything happens for a reason and it is your perspective that creates that reason. So when that breakup happened with my girlfriend, um, and again, this is a relationship where, you know, I thought we were going to get married and X, Y, Z, and I have, you know, imaginations of us being together for forever right so you live in this fantasy and then boom it's gone and again she was kind of a structure for me um and i was trying to still like a little bit figure my life out and i just graduated college too and i started a business at the same time as well so when that happened it was as i said a redeath it felt like i was lost again i had no idea kind of who I was outside of this relationship and what I wanted to do with my life because my whole thing was like, oh, wherever you go, I'll go. She was in med school, so I was like, wherever you go to residency, like, I'll follow you. Like, Hmm. oh, like, you're my whole life pretty much. So when that happened, it felt, um, I felt so lost. And in my mind, I was thinking again about, like, losing my dad of how that felt because she was, like, that pillar that was, like, helping me get through that. Hmm. And so what happened was I just started reading a ton of books about kind of masculine and feminine energy. Well, and- hold on, hold on. I got it. Sorry, because I'm always so big on these key points. 
did you really just say, I'm going to Barnes & Noble and I'm going to read a damn book for the first time, probably in years. What what gets you to go pick up a book? Do you hear about something through someone or what? So I was already reading books before that. Okay. All right. I, I was already reading like Think and Grow Rich, uh, books about mindset, books wow. about business. So in college, I was already reading about that stuff, um, which I guess I could shout out to network marketing and also investing into um, – like a online course where okay. I was put into this um, kind of group of people who are entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and that kind of got me into this whole like mindset thing, like law of attraction, manifestation. And I was also uh, becoming a certified personal trainer. So I was already in the, like the health stuff and that was super important to me because I already believed in the thought of like, why, why wouldn't you try your best to be your best, right? In health and fitness and mindset and spirituality, like, you know, exercise, nutrition, mindset, meditation, all those things improve yourself. So all of that already made sense. I was already in that mindset when it happened. So I kind of had a little bit of an advantage nice. because of that. Um, however, even with that knowledge, even with reading those books, it still hurts so much. And it still made me be extremely needy and just try to bring this person back because deep deep down i still didn't love myself i still didn't accept myself i still didn't have my own independence because i was trying to get this person back so much right because i felt like i was never going to find someone that was going to love me as much as that and xyz so main thing i did was okay continue the workout <laughs> continue to meditate and exercise and eat healthy and do all those things that i know are going to keep me healthy, right? Because I know anytime I stopped doing that, which there would be bouts of that, I would feel extremely bad. So that was the first thing. Like, let me just do the simple stuff. Let me make sure um, I'm sleeping well, um, which is another thing that goes right away. Any little bout of um, deep depression is all those things would stop. I would stop exercising. I would stop eating well. And I would stop, you know, sleeping that well because I would, like, be on my phone at night and just be distracting myself. So those are the main three things that I started. And then with the books, it was kind of just like, okay, what did I do wrong? <laughs> that was the first thing I was like, what did I do wrong? Like, how could I have like fixed this or like stopped it from happening? And that's where it was like, okay, books about, um, you know, masculine, feminine energy, uh, men's psychology, um, just more books about, um, I guess, psychology and neuroscience and relationships. And so that was like another deep dive, right? When my dad passed away, I kind of had a little bit of that in college. Um, And this was another of like, okay, I need to learn. And I just dived straight deep into it. Okay, this is so cool. And I always love asking about this stuff because, you know, um, well, Fal, I got to shout you out real quick. Because before we even started, you know, talking and then dating, you were already getting into reading. Like, what was the thing that triggered you to start reading these more, we'll call them personal development type books? Do you remember? To be honest, I was never really an avid reader i felt like i just kept hearing oh you should probably read more and i feel like the average person only reads one book per year and i was like well i definitely want to learn more i don't feel like i'm learning that much in college so hey i'm gonna pick up this book and um this particular book kind of got me hooked then because i've only ever really read school books not books on personal development and those types of things so after i got one in i was like oh wow okay let's keep going yeah okay and i just think it's so amazing i like sharing these stories so much because i don't think i had finished a book probably in a solid like 
I don't know, seven, eight years. And I was like 18 years old. And I actually loved reading as a kid because I got to choose what I was reading. And when I'm forced to read certain things, just like anyone, if they're forced to do something, right? We resent that. We don't want to do it. Yeah, I didn't like doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then just like you, you know, I got into a sales company and they started exposing me to these types of books. And I just felt... I was so happy, but I felt so ignorant and so naive on one end because I'm like, I didn't even know this stuff existed. Some of the most successful people of all time are going to write these damn books and for $10, I can buy it and learn all the major things that they learned in their life. And people aren't talking about this. Like you don't hear this. How is this not in every person's house in the world? Right. Um, but it's not. And so I always encourage people to read. I think that's really, really essential when we're talking about the mindset stuff. So um, I'm curious because people have to be interested in what you were talking about with the relationship stuff. As you're reading these books on maybe the masculine and feminine, and then just the psychology in general, what do you think was one of the major things? things that you learned or a couple major things that you learned that could have made that relationship work better and that people can take with them today? Mm. So I would say that's a loaded question. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into that. Um, I think the biggest thing I realized was um, I, I think that's in for both parties, but I guess specifically for, for the masculine energy, you can almost imagine the masculine energy as like a ship. Right, it's stable, it's grounded, it's hard itself um, physically, and it's it has presence, right? And it's moving in a, in a direction. It's going somewhere, right? It has a purpose. And the feminine energy you could almost look at as like the ocean, right? And the wind and the nature, right? It can be very calm, and the winds can direct you and help you. It can also be very crazy and chaotic, and there can be a storm, and the winds can be against you. Um, but no matter what, the ship still moves in its direction. It stays stable. So one of the main things was presence. I, I would like you to tread lightly here. About 80% of our listeners on the podcast are female. So you better make a mark about how beautiful that ocean is too, my no, friend. No, the ocean <laughs> is massively beautiful. I mean, there would where would the ship go if there was no ocean? I know. Right? <laughs> very smart. Um, that was a good point. Thank yeah, you. Pick yourself right, right back well, up. They're, they're, you can't have one or the other. Um, because the feminine energy amplifies the masculine energy. And the masculine energy, um, one of the main things is presence, right? It's And women can feel that. They, they know almost immediately when your presence is different than it was. And so in that relationship, that's what was felt. Um, and I didn't know why, what was really happening with me of like, why am I feeling this way? Because then when I didn't have that presence and I wasn't really in my purpose um, and actually listening, everything she was saying was annoying to me. I was like, why are you nagging, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, everything's an issue. And I wasn't listening because what she was really saying was like, hey, I need your presence. Like, I need you to be here and want to be here with me because if you don't want to be here, then like, go, mm -hmm. right? So that was one of the main things I realized was like, as, as, uh, as a man in a relationship, I believe your presence is one of the quintessential things that you can have and give to your woman. Very right? cool, like, man. Real presence. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you for sharing um, that with us. Now, I want to make sure, and we got about three minutes before the break, but I want to spend the next half of the show really like diving into some of the stuff that you've learned uh, because when you throw down about this stuff, man, it lights you up. It's cool. I've heard you on calls, you know, and, and seriously, you love talking about this stuff and helping others with it. So um, just to keep a simple question, I guess, for the next two and a half minutes here, what's like maybe like a good, uh, almost generic starting book for people that are trying to 
develop maybe a, a better mindset. Do you have one that you'd recommend to just about anyone? Mm, generic starting book. Because you've read quite a few, correct? I really like The Four Agreements. Okay. Um, it's a super simple book, and just by reading that book, you'll kind of have a doctrine of maybe new awareness of how to live your life. So The Four Agreements, um, super simple, short book, and someone can read that easily in a week. Is this the book, I'm trying to recall this correctly, I, I think my aunt recommended this at one point, Aunt Michelle. Um, is this the one that talks about the power of word? Um, I could it, be totally it, mixing this up with something else. I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, she recommended me some book that I thought was um, similar to that. What are the biggest takeaways that you've gotten from something like that that you think would be useful for other people? Because I know you said it's simple, but like, what's one of the actual takeaways from that book? Um, just living, not taking everything seriously. And one of the main ones, uh, agreements was like giving a hundred percent, um, to everything you do or every day, but your hundred percent isn't always your 100%. It's just for that day, <laughs> right? It's not like every day is going to be your max effort, but like, let's say you're feeling a little, little worse that day. You can still give a hundred percent of that day hmm. right so it's kind of taking this point of like every day doesn't need to be perfect just focus on the process and as long as you're trying to move forward that's all that matters that's really cool man i think um one of the things i was just thinking about that the other day and not in the exact same way that you worded it but about effort because you know Fal's been watching for the last few weeks. I don't think I've eaten more than like, other than the last couple of days, like 1500 calories any single day. Oh, no. I'm like, she just, she only didn't see me for like a week and a half. She's like, you look different. I'm like, yeah, I lost like five pounds, you know, because I just, I couldn't really eat and the energy's low. Um, but you can still give what you can to that day, right? Because I, I'm, I always uh, hate not being able to operate at my normal level. It's like, I can normally get a lot done. It's like, wow, if I get yeah. on like two meetings today and I don't even talk really the whole time, that was productive that day, you know? So I think that's really cool what you just said about having the effort for that day um, because then you don't feel as guilty if, you know, you're not operating at your normal thing. That really applies to people that are out there dealing with chronic illness. I think it's very relevant to the people on this show. So we're going to talk a lot more about the major things that you learned and the applicable things that people can take home with them today and apply in their life right after these quick commercial breaks. If you are a parent who wants to understand the mental health challenges your child faces, then Lucas Wolf's new book, My Perfect Life, How Depression Almost Ended It and How I Found Purpose Through Pain is for you. Through goofy, relatable stories, you'll see the world from the eyes of someone who was silently battling depression. More importantly, you'll learn how Lucas found hope and purpose through his pain. Get your copy of My Perfect Life today. Available on Amazon by searching Lucas Wolf, and that is Wolf with an E. Hey everyone, it's Health Coach Ev here. A few questions for you. Are you listening to this show to better your own health? Have you tried changing your diet around, maybe seen some results, but aren't quite where you'd like to be? Are you tired of playing guessing games with which supplements to take or being told that your blood work looks normal, even though you certainly don't feel so normal? 
If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I have an amazing opportunity for you. Right now, you can be coached by a practitioner certified by the exact same program that I always reference as being the main contributing factor to restoring my health, functional diagnostic nutrition. FDN practitioners are part of a group of elite health professionals who are highly skilled at identifying healing opportunities that no one else has uncovered for you, which I can attest to to myself. They use cutting-edge functional lab testing, and through these tests, they'll be able to show you the hidden cause causes of your chronic health concerns. For me, it was these FDN practitioners who were finally able to explain to me why I had dealt with over a decade's worth of mental and physical health symptoms and what I needed to do in order to truly heal my body. I love them so much I ended up becoming one myself and in the studio today, we have someone that's about to graduate in just a few weeks. Fallon, how'd you like the FDN program? It is fantastic. I couldn't think of a better program to actually know the ins and outs of what health really means. And just kind of challenging, right? Just a little hard. Quite a bit, yes. Okay. <laughs> I have a big binder. Nice. Um, there is a very limited number of people they can currently work with. And in fact, you'll have to hop on the waiting list. Make sure you don't miss the next opportunity to work with one of these incredible professionals. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button. That's fdnthrive.com and then click the Get Started Here button. Hey, as a final ad for this section here, this is not something that's scripted. It's really off the cuff, but it's an important message that I wanted to bring today because As many of you know, I speak professionally in schools, and we've done a lot of things online, I mean, pretty much entirely online since the pandemic began. I was really hesitant and skeptical of that in the beginning, but I love my job, so I wanted to go out and do it. And what I found, and perhaps this is because there's some anonymity, anonymity? Did I get that right? Of the questions when you are asking questions on a Zoom thing or a webinar jam or whatever, or maybe it's just the fact that people are dealing with mental health issues more than ever before that are getting kids involved. But what I found is that these speaking engagements are actually more effective than ever before. The school year is almost done, but online allows us to get into schools quicker than ever before. So you can go to Evan Transu, that's T-R-A-N-S-U-E.com, evantransu.com, and you can book with me. We can call or get on a call together and talk about perhaps speaking in your school. I'm doing donation-based speaking engagements until the end of the year, assuming that they are um, online. If they're in person, we talk about that. It's a very small fee, but this is something that matters more than ever, and thankfully, it is still working. So head to evantransu.com. We can get connected, get on a call, and see if it'd be right for you. And we are back. Welcome to the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. I'm your host, as always. In the studio, we have my girlfriend, Fallon Morningstar. And interviewing, we have Oliver Phelan, right out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 20 minutes away. Um, Probably only because of the traffic. If you drove here at night, I'm sure it'd be like 10 minutes, right? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've been talking about on um, the whole topic of the day is mindset and how it relates to mental health. We've talked a lot about Oliver's story, and now we're kind of getting more into the nitty gritty about what can people actually do and some of the major things that you learned um, from all of your experiences. So I think the best way to maybe start with this is you're a coach. Um, first of all, who's the person that you work with? Because, of course, we'll shout out your biz at the end of the show. Um, but who's the ideal person that you work with? And like, where do you even get started with the individuals that you take on? Yeah, so usually the people I work with are, I would say the age range can be anywhere. I mean, I've worked with people who are in their 20s, and I have clients right now who are in their mid-50s and getting close to 60. Um, So the age doesn't really matter. It's more so people who want to improve and have garnered some success already. 
So people were kind of high achievers, right? They, they've had some success maybe in career. Um, they're stable in like one area, but they want to improve and maybe have neglected um, their health a little bit, right? So for those people, it's really getting clear on the vision they want for their life. Like what does your life look like in the next three, five, 10 years and kind of just getting clear on that right? It's not an absolute, but getting clear on like, what do you want your life to actually look like? And then looking at the other areas of where do you want your quality of life to improve, right? Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So it's a very holistic approach of we're going to help with the mindset. We're going to help with the physical side, nutrition, exercise, but then also helping them get better at habits of journaling, meditation, um, as well as yoga, so things to allow them to experience less stress and more joy in their life is one of the biggest things. It's kind of going from this go, 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 go mentality to, hey, let's slow down and let's actually help you work a little less and live a little more, Mm -hmm. right? Very cool. I kind of see that as a common theme uh, in today's world. Not that it shouldn't have been a common theme before, but I think it's even more necessary because as someone who's in the health space, especially seeing chronic health issues, what I'm finding is that even the most genetically gifted people of today's world, because of all the things going on in our environment, there's a limit. You you really can't do the 80-hour week thing indefinitely um, for very long right now. I'm still so impressed by what, like, Elon Musk is doing. I wonder what his cap is on that, you know? And I sometimes forget. I mean, he's not – his level of success, I just assume, like, I'm putting him up there with, like, the 60-, 70-year-old overachievers that have been doing this forever. But he's a younger guy. I think he's, like, only late 40s or something like that, you know? That's kind of limit, man. You can't be doing 100 hours a week indefinitely. Um, And I think it's really cool because there's still people, such as myself – I want to be high achieving. Fallon loves high achieving. She loves getting stuff done, you know, but you got to learn to balance that. Otherwise, you don't get the best of any world. You're not getting the work done and you feel like crap because you're not healthy anymore. So what do you think is promoting this go, go, go mentality that so many people feel the need to do? I know I like it for a lot of different reasons, you know, and I've, I've had to, because you and I are friends, so you kind of know where I'm coming from. Yeah. I've had to pull back in certain areas. But yes, I think there are people that are just wired to, hey, I like to be active and I like to do certain things. But what I'm talking about is like that obsessive level where it's like, if I'm not going, I feel guilty or I feel bad about myself. Like, where's that coming from? Yeah, hundred percent. That's a really good point when you talk about the guilty side and that can come from a myriad of things i mean all of this all of the things we do today are kind of rooted into our past um i would say a lot of times what we look at is and what i try to get clear is are we trying to validate ourselves based on the achievements that we accomplish in life and if life is just a constant you know, grind, so to speak, of, you know, climbing this mountain, climbing this mountain, climbing this mountain, climbing this mountain. And we're feeling happiness and success based on the end result of climbing the mountain and not the process of climbing it and not the joy of climbing it. And we're attaching to kind of this success that we look at. Well, then our life is actually going to be quite unhappy because once we get to that point, now what? You've gotten the promotion or you've gotten, you, you've made a million dollars. Okay. Now what? <laughs> oh, there's something else, right? And so it's boom, boom, boom. It's always something else. Instead of this act of slowing down 
right? Just, just slowing down, breathing, and doing things because you want to do them, not because you feel like you need to do them. And that's one of the biggest things that I help my clients is like, hey, you don't need to do this. Like even with the stuff I help them, it's like you don't need to meditate. You don't need to work out. You don't need to eat healthy. I want you to want to do it because if you want to do it, then it's going to stick. You're going to feel happy about it and it's going to be a part of who you are, right? So this this feeling of guilt and fear um, and pride is, is really are the big ones. It's fear, guilt, pride, um, and anger of either something trying to prove I'm afraid if I don't achieve this, I'm going to be unsuccessful or people are going to judge me. Guilt of, well, if I don't do this, then I'm not successful or, you know, I won't be approved of or I won't feel validated. Or maybe anger, or maybe you're angry at someone and you're like, I'm going to achieve this success to like prove this person wrong. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a brother, maybe it was a ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend um, or whatever it is. So think about going your life with those feelings as your motivation, as your core motivation. A lot of times it's hard for us to even realize that that is our core motivation. And now imagine if we shifted that core motivation to love, courage, acceptance, joy, peace. We're going to achieve a lot more. And even if we don't, it won't even matter because our state of being will be completely different. That was awesome, man. And I think, because I'm going to ask a question with the wants and needs things, because I think this is super tough, but I love what you said about where the motivation for these actions is coming from, because many people on the show, I've, I've talked about this plenty of times, especially on episode one, you know, a lot of the stuff for me getting into the personal development and just changing my life around in general came after an awful incident, you know, getting kicked out of school, going to juvie, house arrest on my 18th birthday, like just terrible things. And so, so much of the motivation to get out of that, um, which... <laughs> in a way, was very helpful, I admit it, at the time at least, but it was ego and pride, right? Like, I didn't mm -hmm. wanna be seen as this loser that got kicked out of school and like lost his mind and all this stuff. I wanted to fix my stuff. Okay, I mean, honestly, the actions worked fine, so if I couldn't find the motivation anywhere else, I'm not gonna like condemn that, but what I realized over time is one, I don't want to be coming out of that place indefinitely. That's not where I want to be the rest of my life. And what's really cool is I feel like I just got lucky, to be honest, and that's why I'm segueing to this. Um, I found like my work naturally brought out that love because, you know, especially like speaking to students, I'm seeing the results that that gets. Okay, well, I don't need to do this for ego, pride, or proving someone wrong anymore because I just love what I'm doing. But I'll be honest, again, that was luck. So how does someone kind of get out of that if they don't get so lucky? Like how can they just move from that in a more natural way? Because to me, there's really no reason I couldn't have stayed there for 20 years in that ego type of way or pride type of way. And I don't want anyone else to do that. So what's an easy way to get out of that? Do you know? I would say the first thing is sit down with yourself and think about and meditate on what are your values? What are your values and standards that you want to uphold? So first, look at yourself objectively and say, what are my values? What are really my values now? Like if you're not exercising, eating healthy and doing meditating and doing all those health things, well, maybe health isn't actually a value. So it's kind of looking at yourself objectively, right? What are my values now? And what are the values that I want? And what's the difference there, mm -hmm. right? What's, what's, the, what's the gap, right, with the person I wanna become to live the life I want to live and the person I am now? And that's the biggest thing because your values are like a filter for your life. 
So if you look at your values and the work you're doing and the life you're living does not align with the values that you want, well, then that's when change can happen. That's when you can say, um, I'm actually going to leave this job or I'm actually going to go start this business or, you know, this relationship actually isn't working or I'm not going to do this thing, right? Because actually my values are completely different than that thing. So that's one of the biggest things I would say. All right. Well, I have a really big question for that because I think it applies to so many people in life, but I know that I should not be asking that one before the commercial break. So we will be right back after these ads. When you know that you or a loved one would do better mentally with something more than what your current doctor is doing, head over to the Patient Experience Center at dhalab.com. View their advanced brain chemistry consultations to quickly and easily test and opt- optimize with an MD. Take brain health in your own hands today with a 10% discount. Use the code HEALTHCOACHEV when checking out for a 10% discount on any test and consultation services. And again, that is dhalab.com. Folks, does the idea of supporting you or your child's mental health challenges sound appealing, but you have no idea where to start? Do you think it's all just way too complicated to actually apply in a practical way? Well, that's why I published my book last year, Overcoming Mental Health Challenges, How I Resolved 13 Years of Mental Health Issues Naturally. In part one of the book, I share all of the details of my mental health journey. This is meant to relate to those out there suffering as well as validate any symptoms that they might think are strange or abnormal because unfortunately many of us suffering in silence do some things that we don't realize thousands if not hundreds of thousands of other people are also dealing with. Part two contains all of the basic action steps I took to finally get my mental health under control naturally. You can grab a copy of the book today. Just go to Amazon and type in Evan Transu. That's Amazon.com and type in Evan Transu in the search bar. And in February, to celebrate a year of publishing, I made it half price. And it's March 31st, and I still haven't changed it. So go to Evan, go to Amazon.com and search Evan Transu to get your copy today. Does the pandemic have your hair looking a little funky? Do people stop and glance at you while walking down the street? Folks, hair salons have been open for a while now. It's time to get that haircut you've been procrastinating. And when you do it, you should head over to Hair Envisions in Ottsville, PA. Hair Envisions is open Tuesday through Saturday. They specialize in coloring and also offer keratin treatments to give that hair a smooth finish. Hair Envisions offers haircuts to all ages, so you're able to bring your entire family. Schedule your appointment today by calling 610-847-8894. That's 610-847-8894. Tell them Health Coach Ev sent you. And we are back. Welcome to the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. I'm your host as always. In the studio, we have my girlfriend, Fallon Morningstar, and Oliver Phelant. We're talking to him about mindset, his mental health journey, and how mindset's essential. I think it's the first step in kind of embarking on any journey, but especially one of mental health. Before the medications, before the therapy, before the eating better, whatever, I think you got to start doing some basic mindset work. Um, and you can make a good argument that even counseling kind of is some of that mindset work, you know, so maybe that is a good first step. Anyway, I had a question that I wanted to ask Oliver before the break that um, I think might have a similar answer to the one that you gave for the last question. But just to be clear here, 
you know, we're talking about the difference between like doing these things because we feel like we need to do them or have to do them versus wanting to do them. And one of the things that I think is so hard, and again, this is something, I mean, genuinely, I believe I just got lucky with is no one knows what the hell they actually want. Um, you know, I know so many people who struggle with this. I feel like, and I don't mean to sound far out. I know it won't sound far out to you. I mean more for the listeners, like my studio friends here don't think this is weird, but I had something hit me. It was a spiritual experience where I'm like, I want to go do this. That was seven years ago, and it hasn't gone away since. So I know it's got to be valid to some degree. So I'm curious. I mean, is there a way that you're able to pull these wants out of people? Does that start with the same thing with the values? Yes. Yeah, so I was going to kind of touch on that because it is difficult, right? I dealt with a, a very long time of I have no idea what I want. And to be honest, sometimes I don't know exactly what I want. That changes. That can fluctuate. And being okay with that, too. But having my values at least at least gives me a filter for the things I want. So one of the first things I do is having the conversation with the person is I get to like, what do you want? Right. And usually that question is like, uh, I want blah, blah, blah. And it's like, OK, why? And they're like, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, OK, why is that important? OK. You know, and it's just yeah. diving deeper, 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 because our wants can be a lot of times not even our wants. It could be a belief that we established when we were kids from our parents or society that is now our want, right? Uh, way back when I was in um, college, when I was, I guess it was not way back, but when I was in college, <laughs> I just remember looking on Instagram and seeing that people were successful and I mean, they're online coaches and they're traveling and they're millionaires and doing whatever, right? And then that became my want. It's like, oh, I want to travel. I want to live the li laptop lifestyle. When in reality, that wasn't exactly my want, right? It was something that I looked at and I was like, oh, that's what I want. But in the core of me, that's not actually what I wanted. Now, I do want to travel and I do want to live that life. But I think a lot of people see how other people are living their lives and think that that's what they want when it's not, right? Because when you get to the core of them and you really dive deep, you can get to that emotional core of like what they actually want. Okay. Right? Because personally, um, I believe that there's actually no needs. There's only wants. And you could argue that and say, well, we need okay. – maybe the only need is that you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Food, water, <laughs> uh, get out. <laughs> well, even water. Think about it. It's like you want to drink water because if you don't drink water, you're going to die. And it's going to feel very bad. If you don't, you'll get dehydrated. So you want to drink water. Right. Even if it's a need to keep your body alive, you want to drink it. I, OK, I think I get what you're saying here. because This was uh, in How to Win Friends and Influence People. They talked. It's a book uh, for those that don't know. They talked about how no human being ever, ever does something that they don't want to do. And what that means before someone starts thinking about the obvious examples are like, well, you know, I didn't want to do this thing that someone made me to at gunpoint. But the point is you don't want to die. And that's why you do that other action, you yes. know? So it's all about things that we want. Um, and I think that's more what you're kind of getting out at its core, correct? Yeah, so it's like, let's say you're not as healthy as you want to be. Maybe you're stressed out, a little overwhelmed, maybe even feeling burnout. Um, and you, you tell yourself, you know, well, I want to get in shape. I want to improve on this. I want, I want to eat healthy and exercise and feel good in my body and maybe, you know, make more money and become more successful and just feel happier, right? We say all those things, but then why is there a point where our actions don't align with what we're saying? Well, it's because we haven't gotten to the core of what we actually want because what we actually want is to feel comfortable, 
right? To um, not feel, to f have control, right? Because when you go into kind of unknown thing that you haven't really done before, it's kind of scary, right? So you want control and you want comfort a lot of time and you want security, right? Mm -hmm. So we say one thing that we want, but then we're doing the complete opposite because at the core of it, our actual values are different, right? So it's identifying that and shifting that and asking yourself just questions of why am I holding on to this control? Why am I holding on to this need of security? Why am I holding on to this comfort, right? And that's one of the things I work with them because talking with someone else who can ask those questions and bring awareness that you might not have in that moment is so beneficial. And that's one of the biggest things that a coach does is bring awareness. They're not, I'm not telling you what to do. I might say, Hey, you know, do here's the habits and workouts. You don't have to do it, but this is why you want to do it because you told me why. Right. <laughs> so it's that accountability, asking questions and bringing awareness that are so beneficial to people. It's so true about the questions and stuff because it's, if no one ever asks us these things, and this is why sitting with ourselves is really beneficial, because when we're always on the go, we don't ask those questions naturally in our head. But nonetheless, I mean, you're kind of gambling even with that, right? You can sit all day and never ask the right question. Yeah. When someone comes to you and says, well, hey, why are you doing that? Like, that's a groundbreaking question for some people. You're like, I never really thought about why I'm doing this or that or the next thing, you know? And I always do that, not even from a coach perspective, just like naturally. Like, I want to know what people's motivations yeah. are. And it's so cool to see sometimes that that shifts everything. They're like, I never really thought about why I'm doing that or what I want to be doing, actually, yeah, you know? Right. <laughs> um, now, let's just make this clear because to me it's obvious, but to others listening it might not be. What does the stuff that we're doing or talking about right now have to do with your own mental health journey? Like how did this kind of stuff and getting more focused on wants versus needs, how does that take this guy who had a, a really traumatic event in his life and then went through a lot of crap afterwards, again, into one of the more positive people I know, someone who's usually got a smile on his face, that doesn't mean we're living in utopia and everything's perfect, but you live a good life, right? Yeah. I mean, you'd say that. So what does this have to do with the mental health stuff is people might not really connect that right away. So for me, one of the biggest things that happened was when I was dealing with my mental health. And, um, I would say in the last year or two, I realized that I actually had, you know, some anxiety too. Cause I thought it was just depression. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I realized like, no, there, there's anxiety there. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's like normal anxiety or whatever it was, like I, I could feel that too. So for me, the biggest thing was, um, I just want to touch on the, the reading point. The learning point was I was trying to heal. I was like, I need to figure this out. Like, I don't like how I feel, right? I felt horrible. I was hopeless. And so through reading those books, um, there was this constant point that was talked about that you are not your mind and you are not your emotions, that you are the awareness that is observing those things. And once I really realized that and grasped that, that means all those negative thoughts I was having, all those negative feelings that I was having, I might be experiencing them, but I am not them. I am not depression. I'm experiencing depression, meaning that I can also experience the opposite, happiness, joy, love, which to me is that that's what we naturally are. That's our default, right? Think about a baby and a toddler. They're they're bliss, right? They're happy. What happened in between that and now, right? <laughs> like, Got well, messed up, like, man. Yeah, like what well, life happened, right? So if we're born that way and then a bunch of stuff happens, now we have to kind of realize that and say, oh, wait, I'm not these negative thoughts. I'm not this depression. I'm not this anxiety. I'm not this, 
fear. I'm not this like gut feeling I have or this tightness in my chest. That's just what I'm experiencing. And so I realize when I real when I realize that, and I realized that my depression was always me looking into the past, and my anxiety was always me looking into the future, fear of the future, and kind of reminiscence um, and guilt of the past, that I wasn't even living in the present moment. And so a really good book that really helped me was The Power of Now. That's which, Eckhart Tolle, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. which just kind of blew my mind. I was reading that book, just, wow, okay. Uh, this makes sense, and this is also blowing my mind. Because every moment is the present moment. And every moment that we're in our anxiety, thinking about the future, which again, I think it's there's merit to planning the future and there's merit to learning from the past. But when we're sitting in the past, reading old chapters, and we're not writing um, our future chapters and because of fear, well, then we're not even living in the present moment. So that was the one of the biggest things was that, is staying in the present moment and not attaching yourself to the mental health issues that you're experiencing, right? Because once you identify, oh, I am depression, I am anxiety, or that you feel like they can't be helped, this is mindset, which is all perspective. If you feel like you can't be helped and you do believe that it's hopeless, well, then that's going to be the story, mm-hmm. right? So just this, just the shift of there is hope, I can heal myself, and I'm just going to try, right? And that it's having faith is the biggest thing because once our perspective shifts to there's nothing I can do, I've tried so many things, I I can't be healed, this is just who I am, this is just how my life is, once we shift that to I can change, I can change this, that's when everything happens. All right, man, well, they got about 45 seconds before they kick me out. Where can people find you if they're interested in working with you? So you can find me on social media, especially on Instagram, main spot, at Oliver Phelant. Last name is spelled F-E-H-L-A-N-D-T. And if you also want to send me an email, you can send me an email at trainwitholly, O-L-L-I, at gmail.com. Awesome, my friend. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. As always, I'm your host, Evan Trance, who aka Health Coach Ev, and we've been talking with my girlfriend, Fallon Morningstar, and of course, Mr. Oliver Phelant. You can find him in the show notes. We have it on all major podcast platforms. And as always, you can get in contact with me by heading over to evantransu.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week.